Hi, it's Jazzy. I love you. I hope you're having a really good day. If you're not, I hope this makes it better. You're listening to the third episode of Whatever Works with Jasmine McDonald. Today's episode is about social media, the internet, its adverse effects, and some of its positives. After we hear from our awesome guests, you have the opportunity to meditate with me for a minute. You'll need a pen and paper if you have it ready. If you like whatever works, or if you don't, please let me know. Like, share, review, and follow it. It would mean a lot. Whatever Works is produced by Lifted Media Group. Lifted Media Group is a company that I started. I focus on media production, digital production, graphic design, production design, and now podcasting. If you ever need any of those services, please don't hesitate to let me know. And I hope you enjoy it. If you're anything like me, you just want to cut to the chase and find the best of the best. That's why we're sponsored by Bestie, the Android and iOS app that encourages users to share their favorite experiences at places to eat, hair salons, tattoo parlors, and more. No more wading through negative reviews or ads from chain restaurants. Only the best spots make the cut. Find us at bestie.us. Hey guys, super excited to have a friend of the pod, Tate Cohen, on tonight. Hi, everybody. Tate is our our resident Gen Z. Yeah. Really important to me to have someone like that in my life who can (laughs) check me if I'm doing something wrong or um, saying something wrong. And I appreciate that. I do. It's always annoying kind of at the time, (laughs) (laughs) but I need it. You're welcome. I was born in 1998, so I'm pretty much the authority on most things. 1998, really? Yes. That's young. Yeah, real young. It's very humbling to like (laughs) continue when you sign up for stuff now. It's like the scroll back to 1990 is getting like a little longer. (laughs) A little far, yeah. It's like, okay, one big swipe, two big swipes, (laughs) three and a half, and I'm like, okay, we get it. And when kids say they're born in like 2024, they're like, no. oh, I was born in 2014, like 2014 babies rise up. I'm like, that's a fake age. Like you weren't born then. You couldn't have been. Rise up where? <laughs> I don't know. Just in the ether. I would say <laughs> Toys R Us, but that closed down. <laughs> rise up. Or when people are like, class of 2027, that's fake to me personally. <laughs> I need eye cream. Yeah. <laughs> and I use it. <laughs> As you should. Yeah, we're big fans of um, self-care around these parts. Yeah. yeah. Whatever works. So you're listening to Whatever Works with Jasmine McDonald. We're really happy that you're here. Tate is going to talk to us about social media and digital media and the effect it has on her, her, the, her generation, and, and who can she, she can speak to um, and her opinions on that. Yeah. She's, would you say you're chronically online? I would totally say that I'm chronically online. And I have a long track record of being chronically online. So, you know, I know what I'm talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start off with just your internet usage in general. So talk to us about that. Yeah. I think like the earliest I can remember, and I'll preface this to say, I grew up with like a very tech savvy dad. My dad worked in advertising. He knew a lot about Macs and he always had the latest technology. And I also will say that my experience might be different from some other people in my generation because my parents were like very, very concerned about internet safety and I had a lot of parental controls. I had like limits on my screen time through my high school years, which a lot of my peers did not have. Like it was always like such a risky thing when I went over to a friend's house and they said they had unlimited internet access and like no parental controls and we were like oh my god we're gonna look up you know all kinds of stuff we're gonna go on omegle (laughs) what is omegle (laughs) oh my god omegle is this website where you go on and it's like a video chat and it just like pops up random strangers like one after another so we had chat roulette yeah yeah same thing same thing same thing i saw jessica alba one time on on chat roulette allegedly allegedly (laughs) yeah my first the first time i saw a penis was on omegle like for sure. 
And you were how old? Like 12. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, so that just gives you an idea of the things I was seeing and hearing when my brain was developing. When I was 12, I remember discussing oral sex with someone at my Catholic school <laughs> where I went. And we had absolutely no sex ed, not even into high school. We could not fraternize with boys on the playground, really conservative in general. Yeah. And I remember being like so disgusted with the thought of that <laughs> and telling a girl, like believing it in my deep knowing space, as I talk about a lot, um, <laughs> that you could get pregnant from oral sex. Listen, I mean, stranger things have happened. <laughs> I could yeah. think of not a worse thing ever happening. <laughs> Getting pregnant that. from oral that sex. That would be... You thought you were safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If that was the case, I would have moved to a deserted island long ago. <laughs> With the screen time stuff. So, like, screen time is newer to me yeah. in general. Like, me in my adult life. When the recent, I'd say, three or four years of Apple new application, you know, mm -hmm. updates or whatever, that being a thing where mm -hmm. screen time was bad and the, the, the LED light rots your brain and keeps you up at all hours of the night yeah. and your attention span falls apart. And like, that's new to me. So I'm surprised that your parents knew what was their motivation, I guess, behind the screen time. I think restrictions. Yeah. I think that they had heard some horror stories about stuff that can happen with people online. And I remember having talks with them really young with them being like, there are people online who will pretend to be your age and they're not. And you have to be careful who you talk to. And you have to be careful who you message with. And I think they'd heard some horror stories about that. Um, and I also just think that my parents were very kind of crunchy. Like I was born in San Francisco. And so I wouldn't say I grew up in like a crunchy household, but they had those ideologies. They were like, you can't, it's going to rot your brain. We didn't have cable TV because my dad thought it was going to rot our brain. And he okay. was just worried about us getting like so addicted to screens that we wouldn't be creative and we wouldn't run around outside. And so I think it was like part of their parental ideology and they had heard some horror stories about like online predators, which yeah. is valid. There are a lot of them. Yeah. 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 That's for sure. Yeah. That's for another episode. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that later. We'll get into that. <laughs> After some more processing on my end. Um, for me, I think... I wouldn't say my dad is definitely conservative. Yeah. My mom is not. Yeah. And like we had a computer growing up. It was in the kitchen. Yeah. You know, and but we did not have any talks about like we had a stranger danger talk, mm -hmm. but it was more like you don't wander at the department store. Right. It was not like cyber sex crime or creepy men or women or whomever, some predator. And I wonder if because of that like less left-wing upbringing like th there are some things that you just don't discuss right yeah. like and so like maybe that's why I did not get the online sex chat rooms or whatever so yeah could be yeah but I will say even in spite of all the stuff that they knew and all the stuff they implemented I definitely didn't escape all of that stuff um probably like pretty well avoided the sex predator aspect but in terms of the other negative effects that come from being online it, at a very early age I don't think I avoided that and I can get into like the timeline or what it looked like for me yeah but I think like the earliest I remember being influenced by media and obviously media includes books magazines everything and I do want to predominantly focus on digital media but I remember, like, my earliest awareness of it affecting me negatively was seeing magazine covers at the checkout at the grocery store and seeing, like, Britney Spears get called fat when she just looked like a normal person, stuff like that. And right. I also have this, like, very core memory of watching the Tyra Banks show because we didn't get cable and it would come on TV Guide. So that was, like the like salacious talk show that I had access to and I remember her doing an episode where she talked about how she got healthy and in shape and I remember at like 11 taking notes and I wanting to I need to get in shape and I want to be thinner and smaller and I'm literally prepubescent at this point right and that led to like a long history of disordered eating and all kinds of body image issues for me so that's like the first memory I have of like a negative impact from media itself 
in terms of online media and social media, I think the earliest one I had, I wasn't allowed to have a Facebook for a long time. I had, was the last of my friends to get an iPhone. But I had this thing, I was allowed to have a Gmail account and there was this social media that was linked with it called Google Buzz. And I remember I would get in little fights with my other middle school friends and we'd be posting, like subtweeting each other in these posts. On Google Buzz. On Google Buzz. Okay. And you didn't have an iPhone or Facebook for this, for these same reasons as before. No, girl, I had a track phone. Like I had the lowest of the low phone. Like it didn't do anything. I could text and that was it. My friends would post stuff. They'd be, they'd post these like song lyrics about being betrayed when we'd get in these stupid fights over. Absolutely. You won't tell me who your crush is and stuff like that. Right. No doubt lyrics. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it was a little before my time, but. (laughs) That's true. You were still an embryo when that stuff was It was Taylor Swift. and (laughs) You were only a dream in your mother's mind. And I remember having my first breakup in seventh grade. Shout out to Nick Kasberzak um, for breaking my heart. Um, Asshole. (laughs) What year was that? 2017. I was 12. No, not 2017. <laughs> so, I was 12. I was born in 98. So what? Two, I can't do math. 2008 plus 4. 2012. Yeah, 2012. Yeah. Yeah, 2012. That's funny. And posting. I like, was graduating from college. <laughs> yeah, I remember posting like, you used, you treated me like a tissue. You used me and threw me away. Oh, no. <laughs> like, so everyone was kind of a part of it, but it wasn't anything I just want to talk crazy. to him. Where is he now? I have no idea. What's his address? I have if you no know idea. his app, Nick, what's his name? Casper <laughs> Zach. Casper Zach. I'm, I'm <laughs> coming for you. Out. Nick, beep. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Live on the wires. Yeah. And then the next one I remember, I know I got Facebook. I don't remember anything too crazy ever happening on Facebook. So my sister had Facebook first because yeah. it was when, when Facebook came out, you had to be in college. Yeah. And I was in high school. Right. And my sister was like, you have to get this thing. It's called Facebook. It's super cool. Right. And I made like a fake UNCW <laughs> or NC State email address. And it wasn't hard to to do that. But I remember having a Facebook before I was allowed to have it. And there was a time, if I'm remembering correctly, and I'm sure the listeners will tell me that I'm wrong if I'm wrong, which I'm fine with. Um DM me, I suppose, if you, <laughs> if you need to. But I like, you had to be invited too. Yeah. Because it went out from, was it Harvard? Yeah. So then it kind of grew from there. Mm. But you had to be invited to have Facebook first. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, for me, it was not at that point. It was open to everybody. Sure. And I don't, I honestly don't have any memories of anything crazy going down on Facebook, but where shit got real was mm. on Tumblr. Tumblr okay. altered, and I think I can speak for the young girlies of my generation, the girl, like, and it's a very, like, short time period of girls who were, like, on Tumblr, like, had blogs. And it was photo sharing, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was, like, photo, you had a blog, it was mostly photo sharing, but you could post photos and video posts. And you had an ask box and you could get anonymous questions. and That's a problem. Yeah, for sure. But it, interestingly, I think like the most nefarious part was the photo sharing because yeah. that was where I first learned about. And you would see crazy things. And I wouldn't be like a true chronically online Gen Z if I didn't give a trigger warning because I'm definitely about to get into like eating disorders and self-harm. But I mean, there would be pictures of people like cutting themselves. Yeah. You would see crazy imagery of like children doing this to themselves and for me what I really got into was like and this is a kind of a continuation of the Tyra Banks show thing was there was like pro-Anna Tumblr which is anorexia yeah and it would be thin spo so pictures of really really thin women to like inspire you to like restrict what you're eating right and they would post their photo journal or their food journals of them eating way too little you know, calories a day and a bunch of girls just like influencing each other and teaching each other how to have an eating disorder. And eating disorders are so competitive that it was so nefarious. Totally fucked up my brain chemistry at a really young age. Right. So that was really bad. What would it say? Like, I mean, they would just be like... Gust of air, cigarette, (laughs) vodka soda. (laughs) Yeah, no, it would be like one apple, 80 calories, like... 
uh, oatmeal, like 120 calories. And then for dinner, I had carrots and it was like 30 calories and that would be their whole day. And then there are pictures of them super thin. Yeah, not even them, but it was mostly like other really thin model, pictures of really thin models, pictures of girls that you would find that went viral on Tumblr or Pinterest that were like super, super thin, pictures of like really bony women. Yeah. And there would also be text posts that were like reasons why I want to lose weight and it would be... Mm. It would say things like, oh, to make everyone jealous and to get attention and to blah, blah, blah. And, right. You know, they'll, you know, I can feel comfortable in clothes and I can wear this style of clothes and that style of clothes. And and you were how old again? I think I was about 13, God. 12, 13. So really young seeing this like really disgusting content. Like yeah. It, and it totally should have been moderated. So shame sure. on you, Tumblr, Tumblr yeah. CEO. I remember when Instagram first came out I had already moved to LA and I told my boyfriend at the time you have to get this thing called Instagram it's super sick yeah and I'll go back to like those photos and it's just like the seven filters and they're all like vignetted (laughs) Valencia (laughs) Valencia yeah exactly horizon there I did find cutting images yeah I was appalled yeah and I was very disturbed yeah and saddened I mean it's horrendous yeah and I remember what this is a dig at Instagram, which we could talk, a whole episode could be dedicated to that. Yeah. But I remember reporting all that stuff, like, immediately. Like, in yeah. writing dissertations about how this is really bad and harmful to kids. If they're seeing it, they'll get ideas. Right. And I felt strongly about that. And they did not take anything down. Yeah. And they did not, but but you can't have nipple, female nipples right. on Instagram. Which I actually read, they just released the female nipple fucking about time. Yeah. But you guys get the idea. Like, it was... It was a lot, yeah. you know? And yeah. so I'm interested, so you were able to access Tumblr even though you're living in Fort Knox, essentially, when it <laughs> came to the internet. How, how did that, how'd you finagle that one? So I think it had to do with the idea of blogging, and I loved writing growing up. I've always loved writing, and I would write stories on paper, or I would type them in a little Word document on, mm-hmm. like, my dad's computer. And so when I pitched it to them as, like, this blogging platform, they were like, cool, you can write on there. Um, it's creative outlet. Yes, exactly, exactly. And I also think this is around the time where, like, as I got older, they slowly eased up a little bit. But when I put it to them as blogging, and I could easily, you know, I had multiple blogs. Mm-hmm. So I could easily do a blog that was, like, reblogging a picture of the ocean and mm-hmm. reblogging a picture of a cute outfit and mm-hmm. show that to them and be like, look at my blog. And it looked very innocent to Sure, them. sure. But the content on there was totally inappropriate for young Girls, I think, especially to be consuming. Sure. Um, And anyone. Yeah. And I also, I have friends who, like, totally had, like, predatory encounters on there. Like, there was a lot of bad stuff going on on Tumblr.com. Sure. So, there was also a lot of, like, you know, very sexually graphic content that we shouldn't have been seeing at that young age. And Mm -hmm. that was really, like, the social media that I know for a fact screwed up my generation. And it's such a short time period of kids, I think, who were affected by Tumblr because, like, my boyfriend was born... In 1999, and he never had Tumblr. None of his friends ever had Tumblr. That might partially be because he went to private school, but, like... Yeah. I think it's, like, the 98, like, a little earlier, 97, 96, those girlies were, like, getting Mm -hmm. their brain chemistry absolutely blasted by Tumblr. Sure. This is not to knock your parents at all, Mm -hmm. and it's not a but. It's just that there's new platforms coming out all the time. Yeah. How can you possibly catch up? Just because Chris Hansen is not getting contacted because of your online presence and activity doesn't mean you are in a really dangerous place. Right. Totally. A hundred percent. And some of those platforms can be used for good in certain ways. Or I can see how I could have put it to my parents in a way where it seems very innocent. But when these platforms are giving people the freedom to post anything and there's very little moderation... There can be such a wide range of content on there verging from stuff that's totally appropriate for a 13-year-old girl to consume to stuff that is extremely inappropriate for young kids to be consuming. Right. And I think predators and other inappropriate graphic disordered content, disturbing content, will find its way to whatever, right? So like TikTok is out now, obviously it's taken the world by storm. But it's just rebranded Vine. And but you they know, got shut down. And you know what's funny about that too is that for me, 
so much of the discourse I see on TikTok is recycled discourse that I used to see on Tumblr. Like, the same debates. Hmm. It is so funny the number of debates I've seen that's like, we had that, we were talking about this on Tumblr in, like, 2014. Like, right. and now we're recycling it. And it's, I think it's just, like, moral panicky type stuff where it's, like, it gets a lot of engagement and it goes viral really easily. Mm-hmm. But it is a lot of I mean a lot of this discourse is not new right but it is I mean it's similar to Vine it's just longer form video content which allows for like more discussion sure our generations have changed and I I have no idea I can't speak to the generations before me but Vine for the record I was not a heavy Vine user (laughs) and Vine was a little past me too yeah yeah but Vine was like only funny videos yeah totally it was not like big huge debates about stuff whereas tiktok like i was watching the thing about the idaho murders right and and 2020 did a special because the guy i forget his name but he got he just got arrested also want to call out 2020 for making sure we all knew that one of the victims called her ex-boyfriend multiple times before getting murdered I didn't think they had to do her like that. I thought they did her really dirty. Yeah. Dead ass. If that was like my experience and everybody knew that I'm out here blowing up my ex. Mm. That's not right. No. <laughs> Unnecessary. Yeah. But as an aside, um, one of the, so TikTok went viral, like accusing that, that boyfriend. Yeah. And accusing a teacher mm-hmm. and they, people are getting sued now yeah. um, for, so I wonder if it's kind of the armchair doctor, arm keyboard warrior, that is more prevalent now than when Vine was out because there was not a lot of trying to crack cases or Mm -hmm. making huge political statements on Vine. So I don't know if it's, there's nothing different about TikTok other than the people who are using it are now feel emboldened to Mm -hmm. just get into it with whomever on the internet. Do you think it's because of the application or do you think it's because of us? I think it's both. I think Vine is such short form video content that the only way to really grab attention is by like doing something shocking or getting a laugh. Um, And I think TikTok has this unique relationship with its users where there's some impact that it has on people where it causes them to feel like they don't need to investigate things they hear further, Mm -hmm. which then emboldens like an armchair expert to say like, oh, I've researched this when it's like, no, you watched a TikTok about it. Sure. Um... So it's like, I know I've definitely seen videos where people claim things and they like put a study up on a screen for one second and you're like, there's a study, it's true. Sure. But you didn't read that study. You don't, that could be a study about anything. Yeah. And so I think it, TikTok in particular, I think creates the illusion of being educated on a topic very easily. And it Mm -hmm. makes people seem like experts on a topic. And anyone can go on TikTok and say, I'm an expert on the Idaho murders and I've been investigating this. Anyone it was can the professor. Right. It was the boyfriend. Right. Yeah. Anybody can go on and claim anything on there. Sure. And people, if it's an attention grabbing topic, people will. Because you get paid for, for, if you have engaged with advertisers, you get paid for likes. Yeah. And I wonder too, like this is just totally off the dome here. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. Our opinions matter only to us. So, yeah. you know, get mad if you want, but it's just what we think. The 24-hour news cycle, yeah. right? Like, so my degree is in journalism. Mm-hmm. And I was interested in either making documentaries or perhaps becoming a news anchor. I knew that I would ham it up and clown the second I got on camera. So I was like, I can't deliver, like, really horrible news without yeah. getting fired. Yeah. <laughs> um, and canceled immediately. So um, didn't end up doing that. But that being said, when the 24-hour news cycle is always on and there's everyone's lying. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the clients I used to have, their whole business model was figuring out through AI if Donald Trump was telling the truth or not. Mm. It was their it was their whole business model. Right. So if if a whole, you know, company is being created because someone with that amount of power is constantly lying and his words are getting constantly put on something that's called the news, right? Like right. it's deep in our lizard brain that if it says news, it's on the TV, it's true. Right. Right? And I think that's that's a big reason why I didn't pursue journalism because of the lack of integrity mm-hmm. in it now, you know, and I couldn't stand behind that. So I wonder if just growing up with that being our, in quote, news, right, has emboldened people too to just believe, not only say whatever they want, whether or not it's true, but feel comfortable in believing whatever they see 
on this little, you know, glowing brick in our hands, like suddenly it has to be correct. Yeah, no, totally. I think I studied media in mm-hmm. college and it was very theoretical. It wasn't what I was expecting going into. And you're still I, in marketing now, right? I work in marketing. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's such an interesting point and I hadn't thought about this before, but we know the 24 hour news cycle primarily subsists on and feeds on fear and a lot of it is fear-mongering content because that is what keeps people hooked. They're like, I have to learn more about this. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is so I want to be informed. Right, and, radic- and it radicalizes people. I mean, we've seen that. We've seen that in the last especially 10 years. Sure. And I think TikTok, if you go down... And the thing is, your algorithm caters to not only what you like and engage with, but what you spend the most time looking at. So even if you're not liking the videos, if you're visiting the profile, if you're watching the video for more than 14 seconds, the algorithm is grabbing onto that. Mm. And if you get down the wrong pipeline on there, a lot of it is like fear-mongering content. And I think it's kind of an extension of that like craving we have and that dopamine hit you get from like experiencing that fear Mm -hmm. um, and investigating it further. And it just keeps people on the platform for longer. Similarly to how the 24-hour news cycle keeps people watching all all day and all night Mm -hmm. by grabbing onto their fears. And in turn watching every commercial Mm -hmm. and you see the bounty commercial 17 times and their, their ad costs can go up. Right. So it's really just about money at the end of the day. Yeah. But it's causing a lot of issues, right? So you, so we've both seen really graphic stuff yeah. on, on these applications. And you, you said you developed disordered eating due to the Tumblr activity. Totally. I mean, right? I definitely didn't grow up in a household. And my parents are not perfect. But no one in my household was telling me I needed to lose weight or that I, you know, didn't, sure. didn't look good or anything like that. Like, truly the origins of any body image issues I had or disordered eating was from media, like, Mm. 100%. And I'm not saying, like, my parents have never said anything messed up to me about, like, weight or food or anything like that in my life, but so much less than my friends. And I think you have, if you have unfettered access to that, it can influence you just as much as a parent. I mean, you're... Of course. And it's people your age. If not more so. Exactly. Sure. Because a it feels lot like of a times, trend. It feels like what? It feels like a trend. It's like, mm. oh, it's this is in fashion. And for me, it's like when my mom says something super nice to me, you know, I don't really believe her. I'm right. like, well, you kind of have to say that because right. you're my mom. Right. But if I get a like on a social media platform, like no one's making that... No one's morality is wrapped up in or their confidence as a parent or the relationship long-term relationship with their child is not hinging on them liking or commenting on a photo of me mm-hmm. and you know it's all about likes and it's all about you know we our dopamine and serotonin is pinging when we get even a text message mm-hmm. i listened to a podcast recently that was talking about how what is the brain chemical that has to do with stress. Your cortisol mm-hmm. rises not only just when your phone, when you pick up your phone or when it pings, but if you see your phone or think about your phone, your cortisol also rises. Is that stress? Yeah. So you're more stressed by your phone. Yes. By not even just engaging with your phone or hearing your phone, but by even seeing it or thinking about it. Even if it's not in the room, if you think about it, your cortisol also rises. Well, that makes sense now. Yeah. That's why I need eye cream. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. Cool. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Are you cool with that? Yeah, totally. Okay. Okay, we're back. Hey. Hey. (laughs) Hey, sweet angel. So let's talk about the social media positives. Yeah. There are definitely some positives. You can have access to connecting with more niche communities on there. You can connect with people who are interested in the same things as you. You can get support, reach out for support. There are all kinds of support systems that can come through social media. And you can get advice and feedback. There's nothing I love more than posting a question sticker on my Instagram being like, give me your best recommendation for a bed frame. Mm -hmm. And if like 10 people respond, that is so... I trust that so much more than reading an Amazon review, you know? Sure. So I think that's a really good way that social media can benefit us. But I think it, there are also a lot of ways that it divides us, but I appreciate where it can connect us. You've heard that about that amazing story where the guy was accidentally texted by some grandma. Yes. And has been to their Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, like eight mm-hmm. or nine years 
And I've heard stories too. My neighbors growing up, they were reunited with some family like mm-hmm. they didn't know. And then, you know, that weird doctor, the um, sperm donor doctor who was like into, really into breeding and he had like 30 kids, like they all figured it out. So they lawyers and attorneys and police like definitely utilize um, a digital footprint to catch diabolical, twisted, and demented sick people. Totally. So I think they're pros and... Like with everything, right? Like yeah. the puppy... And, and, you know, craft instructions that you could find, you know, when you're 13 and you're yeah. learning how to knit or whatever versus, like, setting you up to have a lifetime of disordered eating. Right, exactly. <laughs> and there yeah. have been positive, I mean, even just sh- the sharing of information, I think we've seen that be really positive in a lot of ways. I think a lot of people have gotten educated on topics that they wouldn't have otherwise even had access to if it weren't for the internet, and I think that's mm-hmm. a very positive thing. Small towns... Mm-hmm. Yeah, echo chamber of like racism and prejudice that they don't know anything else. But yeah. getting on the internet is helpful for them. Yeah, totally. And I mean, even I think we saw a lot of the plus sides during like the lockdown era of the pandemic. Because I know for me, things that kept me going were Zooming with friends and family or for sure. My friends and I would play these little games on Zoom. You can do little games where you like project them on the Zoom for everybody. That was super fun. And those were the things that kept me going during that time. So I think we saw a lot of the positives, but there were also a lot of negatives during that time period, too. Of course. So it's not all good or all bad. Nothing is. Right. But right. In the, in the, to the tune of us talking about people asking for support on social media, yeah, I've gathered some recent asks for advice either from internet sources or friends or yeah anonymous submitters yeah so this is like a a new segment we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna see if it's implementable yeah which is advice corner tate's corner (laughs) so most of my friends are not gen z so if you have any like gen z requests or questions (laughs) please submit them whatever works w jasmine is in my instagram whatever works with jasmine W Jasmine again on Twitter, same exact handle for TikTok. And then of course my personal Instagram, which is not hard to find. I won't say it on here, but you could easily find it. <laughs> um, any questions you might have for for me or for Tate, uh, Gen Z or not, please submit them. So Tate actually gathered a couple things that she wants to read to me. And we're just going to see if this segment is yeah. something that you guys like. So definitely let us know when you listen to the podcast and you like it and you follow it and you share it with your friends. But let us know what you think. Go ahead, Tate. Yeah, so this one went viral. This is a Reddit post that went viral on Twitter recently. Okay. And I want to get your take before I give you mine. But I'm okay. just going to read it to you and see what you think. So I have no idea what this says. Yeah, she doesn't know anything about this. Okay. okay. So there's this Reddit called Am I the Asshole where people submit questions mm-hmm. and were they the asshole in this scenario. So this mm-hmm. one is... Am I the asshole for telling my friend that I have a crush on her boyfriend? Yes. <laughs> Immediately, yes. Next. Yeah. <laughs> let me read this. Let me read this. Keep that shit to yourself. <laughs> I agree. But, okay, so my good friend and I are usually very close. We are both in our late 20s now, but we've known each other since high school. In all those years, our friendship has never been that rocky until recently. My friend and her boyfriend met about six months ago. I'm currently in grad school and have chosen to remain single. Before they met, my friend and I would hang out at her place when I was done with my classes because she lives close by. But about four months ago, the dynamic started to shift to a trio when her boyfriend started to consistently hang out with us. My friend had showed me pictures of him, and I always thought he was attractive, but the crush started developing when I met him in person. I won't go into too much detail, but my friend's boyfriend, who I would consider to be a friend now, is honestly so fun to be around. And I always looked forward to hanging out with him after class. Aside from looks, and he's probably the most beautiful man I've ever seen in person. Disgusting. He's really knowledgeable and is a great conversationalist. He's a good storyteller and has a good sense of humor. He's super kind and always checks in with me and seems to know the right words to say to make me feel appreciated. It sounds tropey, but I honestly can't detect anything wrong with him. Ew. Immediately no. (laughs) Which is even more infuriating for me because I actually don't want to have this crush or think about him in a romantic way. So wait a second. Are they roommates? No. Okay. No, they're just friends. She needs to fall back. Listen, listen. Last week he went to visit family and hasn't been around. Last Friday my friend wanted to know what I thought about him because they were thinking of moving in together. 
I basically gave her a rundown similar to the last paragraph, and this no. prompted her to say it sounded like I had a crush on him. She said it in a joking way, so I sort of just laughed it off. But then I just sort of blurted out that I honestly think I do have a crush on him. What? It got super awkward when I said that, I, and I immediately felt like I screwed up. You did. I tried to downplay it by saying that it was probably just hormones and me being single and basically tried to play it off as a joke. She's an incel, but keep going. <laughs> Fast forward to Monday when her boyfriend came home. My friend sent me this text. It's verbatim. Hey, going forward, I think I need to set some boundaries because I don't want the boyfriend to become an issue with us. I think from now on, we should just hang out on the weekends, just the two of us, if that's okay. It would make me feel better. Call me and we can talk about it more. Love you lots. My usual routine after Mondays was to go hang out with her after my lecture, so I felt kind of blindsided by this. I have not reached out to her since her text. I'm a bit angry with her because I feel like she's implying that she can't trust me around him. And now she's depriving me of a genuine friendship that has grown between me and him. What? But I also want to know if this is something that is entirely my fault. So kind people have read it. Am I the asshole here? So what's your take? Absolutely. <laughs> I think that can happen. It's never happened. Okay. Let me take a step back. <laughs> First of all, no one is perfect. All right. Especially a man. I gotta be honest. <laughs> so that's like... She's got some trauma going on, um, and she's got some wanting to steal someone's man shit happening. Mm -hmm. So, hate to put this label on someone when it's, again, a man that's fallen apart, but, like, it's a daddy thing. Yeah. And maybe mom was not a safe parent, and dad was. I don't know. <laughs> it's not even... I mean, yeah. It's... That said, I mean, there's, like, literally how many? Eight billion people now yeah. on this planet? Most relationships fall apart romantic relationships right so to throw away a friendship over that is a total mistake in my part in you my think, opinion you think it's a mistake of the one who has a crush to throw away the friendship or of i think it's her duty to process that with not her not the friend yeah. not the girlfriend yeah, yeah and to get a get a get her shit together <laughs> check herself before she wrecks herself around how perfect this guy is yeah and um, I don't like how he is also, like, always making her feel good about her. Like, why is he... <laughs> I, I see... So it takes two to tango. It's the man's fault. <laughs> I think she's got some unresolved trauma. Yeah. And um, I think she was the asshole for saying something to her friend. I think she's selfish. Mm -hmm. I think, especially in hindsight with the boundary being set, be clear. Yeah. That's big of the girlfriend to say, love you lots. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, I'm a I'm a boundary in person over the phone type of person. Yeah, texting's not like the best place for a conversation like that in my in my direct experience. Um, I I fall I fall you know, I definitely make that mistake. Yeah, I've done it before. It's easier yeah. to hide behind your phone, uh, via text. But I don't think, I don't think she should have said that. Yeah, yeah. I think she should have talked to her therapist. Talk to her friend who lives in California, who will never meet them. Yeah. Or that's what I do. Um, <laughs> you know, and and yeah, get her shit together. Yeah. If I had a crush on my friend's boyfriend, you could not waterboard that information out of me. Like, no. I am not telling. What was her, what was her motivation? I okay, you can have him. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And frankly, if I was a girlfriend, I would... I wouldn't be stoked. I'm saying as the girlfriend for her to send that text and be like, hey, I think we should just hang out. I'm like, no, I'm never talking to you. Yeah, if yeah, one yeah. of my friends came to me and was like, I have a huge crush on your boyfriend, just BT dubs, I would be like, okay, I'm never talking to you. Like, yeah. why are you telling me? And she me? let it slip. Yeah. But then she, she doubled down. Right. But then she doubled and down. She's, and she feels entitled because she's saying she's depriving me of this friendship I have Genuine friendship. Right. And I'll, and I will, I'm going to say something and I'm going to stand Is on it. Is it a friendship or do you want to slob on his knob? Listen, <laughs> when you have slept with them or want to sleep with them is not a friendship. Yeah, I agree. And I, and many people disagree with me. No, I agree. People say you can, you know, bang your friends and still be friends. It's not true. No. Chemically, scientifically, it's not the same. No. You will always hang your hat in some degree like I slept with that person. Yeah. So, no, I think it's it's a massive codependent issue. I think it's interesting that she made sure to let us all know that she chose to be single. That was the part that got me. Because it's like, did you though? Like, it's giving you? incel. Right. 
you I've chosen to remain single. She this is a safer bet, so she thinks. Yeah. She's emotionally unavailable. Yeah, yeah. So she's so she's picking, you know, the easiest person close to her. And right. she doesn't give a flying fuck about this girl. Yeah. At all. Yeah, yeah. I find it funny that she went on and on about the boyfriend's qualities and doesn't talk at all about, like, anything she appreciates about her friend. What I've noticed about Am I the Asshole post is that they're extremely manipulative. Yeah. It's always, a, a you know, it's teeing us all up to take their side. Yeah, totally, mm-hmm. totally. I have some more. Okay, hit me. All right, let's see what we got here. So, we bo- so okay, so we've decided. We both think that let's she's Let's say on a asshole. scale of one to ten, the poster, I would say nine. Yeah, I agree. I, I would. Agree. I think this is. Listen, are they gonna get married? Doubtful. Yeah. Are they best friends? The girls? No. Yeah. It's not. You know. I don't think we're talking high stakes here. So I think everyone will be just fine at the end of the day. Totally. But I. I, I would clock her at a nine. And also to be mad at the friend who's being completely under. Like her reaction is calm, given the so codependent, low key. And she's like, "You're depriving me of this friendship." Yeah. I think the girlfriend has some issues, too. Yeah. Oh, you think she should be, like... I think she should have cut her off yeah. immediately. Also, the love you lots. Like, this is a... And these are college kids, right? Yeah. They're, she's buffering the boundary, which I definitely do. Yeah. You know, I'm, I still struggle with that. But also, like, I don't think... I think the boyfriend's sus. Right. There's something he has done... Maybe it's a look while their girlfriend's in the bathroom. Mm. Maybe it's a touch of her elbow or whatever the fuck. (laughs) But it's something, it doesn't, it's not like, hi Jane, how are you? Yeah. Beep boop bop, robot. And she's like in love with this, like, you know, this two by four. I don't know though. I mean, it could be. Like, bitches be crazy. Men, men cheat, though. Men cheat. Men, men are cheating. crazier. He's probably sure. got like a threesome fantasy happening. I want to. I want to hear his take <laughs> on it. I want to hear everyone involved. I want to hear everyone involved. I'm just saying that from the text that the girlfriend sent, she's a little codependent, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. She's unwilling to have a conversation with the girl. Yeah. Which makes me think that he might be a scumbag. Maybe is all I'm saying. Maybe I mean the man is usually the one in the wrong. Hundred percent. So. I'll agree with that. Okay, next one. This one is in relationship advice. Okay, let's go. Okay. Me, I'm a 24 female having trouble trusting my boyfriend, 32 male again. Off the bat, why is a 32-year-old male dating a 23-year-old female? Listen, um, <laughs> I just dated a 24-year-old. <laughs> Biggest mistake of my life. I think it's different. Well, let's just let's just get into it. <laughs> let's just get into I it. I don't think you all heard. That was a long clear. Biggest mistake of my life. <laughs> Thus far. I think it, it takes it, the cake. It's different. My buddy Edward was like, literally nothing worse could have happened. So. Listen. We'll keep get going. It. It's a later podcast. So, well, for sure. But I, I do see the issue with that. Yeah. So the age gap is, is sus. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So my boyfriend and I have been together for a year now. He has a group of friends that he's very, very close with. And one of the girls is dating his best friend. I met her twice now and both times I've got really weird vibes from her. She would challenge so things. So 23-year-old, 32-year-old boyfriend's friend's girlfriend is being weird to the 23-year-old girl. Yes. Okay, I'm with you. So she gets weird vibes from the friend. Okay. She says, she would challenge things that I say or bring up moments that she and my boyfriend have shared. When he called me by my nickname, she interjected and said he calls me that. Ew. So naturally, I thought something was off. And I'm normally not the jealous type, but he's always talking about how fun and beautiful she is. Whoa. I asked him the other day if anything has ever happened between them, and he confessed that they dated for two years. What? Ten years ago. <laughs> now I feel very uncomfortable that he had not mentioned anything about her before, and I'm having trouble trusting him again. Does anyone have any advice for me? Yes, I do. Dump him. <laughs> is this thing on? Excuse me. Hello. Excuse me. Dump him. Dump him. <laughs> Immediately. Okay, first of all, I have thoughts. I have thoughts and feelings. They're still sleeping together. I've fully. 100%. Thoughts first of all, okay, you go first. You go first. Okay, number one. This girl. Which one? The girlfriend's. The friend's girlfriend. First of all. What's up? Okay, with- the friend is fucked up for sleeping with, for now dating your ex. The, the male friend that is dating the sus girlfriend. 100%. That's fucked up of the guy. The girl... He's a doormat. 
the girl, you're He's really a doormat. like you're really not gonna go to another girl and tell her like, hey, him and I dated. Like you're not gonna disclose that to her. And on top of that, you're gonna like neg his new girlfriend and be like, he used to call me that back in the day. But you're not gonna mention that y'all dated. How old is the the ex girlfriend? I don't know. It doesn't say. Mm. We need more information. If you're reading this Reddit user XLANC4, please give us more information. My Reddit name is Permission Downtown, <laughs> which they populated on their own, which I was really into it. <laughs> I don't know how they did it. I was like, you know what? I'm into that. Permission Downtown. I only joined Reddit to read the SVU page. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Law and Order SVU. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, listen, Permission Downtown sounds like Pick him up. You know what Permission I mean? Downtown. Get him out of here. <laughs> yeah. Like Olivia Benson style. Yeah, yeah. I so I wonder if, hopefully, the ex-girlfriend is at least 20. Or we're going to have to call we... Chris Hansen yet again. <laughs> right? Right. That and the ex-girlfriend, I think it's very sus. Well, wait. I put two years on that. They dated 10 years ago, right? Yeah, for two okay. years. All right. Well, hopefully she's older than 20. <laughs> hopefully she's like... They did it 10 years ago for two years, so she has to be older than what? 30. Yeah. Yeah, 30. <laughs> she has to be older than 30 or else a crime did occur. A crime occurred. Um, But I think it's sus that the ex-girlfriend didn't mention it to the new girlfriend, which causes me to believe that they may still have something going on. I disagree. Really? And I'm glad I disagree because that will create good conversation. <laughs> I don't think it's the responsibility is burdened on the ex-girlfriend. No, I don't think it's her responsibility. But I think if I knew that his new girlfriend didn't know and I was hanging around a lot, I would find a way to work it in. Okay. So put your, putting myself there, and this could be a generational difference, uh-huh. and we've run into this before. Yeah. FYI, Tate's one of my best friends, if not <laughs> Heather Stevenson, and everyone, whoever's listening, you're a best friend of mine. <laughs> so, yeah. So that said, like, I couldn't imagine, like, you know, you're at the pregame or you're at the AP and someone's like, hey, by the way, we used to date. Yeah. That would piss me off, yeah. I think. Yeah. Okay. I when? Get that. Ten, when? Ten years? Okay. That's get, a good point. Get over it. But it's also suspicious that she said the her boyfriend will always talk about how funny and beautiful she oh, is. Oh, listen. He's a scumbag. Yeah. For sure. I agree, though. I can see how that's weird to be, like... Woman to woman style. I feel like that yeah. would be kind of blowing it out of proportion. Yeah. But I... If no one knew, if if I was the ex-girlfriend from 10 mm-hmm. years ago and I realized that this new jailbait <laughs> didn't know, <laughs> I would use the powers that be my power because I'm dating the boyfriend of my boyfriend's friends with him, which yeah. is messy. Yeah. But where is this? Where is this? Alabama? There's like seven people in this town. My They're God. all related. <laughs> find someone else. You yeah. can always find another Dude. Yeah. Always. And a different group of... I mean, yeah. This, like, incest shit, I don't understand. So weird. I'm a burn that motherfucker to the ground type of person. Yeah. So, like, I don't need to know your friends or, you know, it ain't that serious. Why is your friend comfortable dating your ex-girlfriend? I don't need to, like, kiki it up with, like, all my ex-boyfriends, new friends, like, or old friends or the... Yeah. You know, well, I'm missing out on... I think it's clinging to the relationship and... Well, let me return the sweater. It's like, just throw yeah, it away. Yeah. He doesn't want the sweater. You don't need the sweater. Yeah. You don't need the exhilaration hoodie from fucking seven years ago <laughs> or your Aeropostal tank top. You know, just, it's collateral damage, yeah. right? He won it in the divorce. It's very weird. Let it go. Which I would, I would include friends of the guy that I'm yeah. seeing. Yeah. You know, like, let it go. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. I think it's. I think everyone involved is weird, except for the jailbait girlfriend, who's my age. <laughs> Who shouldn't be dating someone in their career. <laughs> yeah. But again, I think it's, so I think the boyfriend is, it's not the am I the asshole. Yeah. Relationship advice, obviously we said it, dump him immediately. Yeah. Get rid of these old fogies. Yeah. And go find some kids to play in the sandbox with that are your own age. That's exactly. what I would say. Exactly. For sure. No, for but sure. But he needs to disclose to her. He should have disclosed that from the jump. Out of the, out of the gate. Out of the also, gate. Also, as the new, the... And, oh, b- beautiful, funny, all that shit. He's trying to triangulate. Yeah. That's triangulation. Totally. He's trying to start a bidding war or like, you know, some sort of cat fight. Yeah. It's again some weird triangle threesome bullshit. Yeah. And I think the the person, the man in this case, and the man in the I am the asshole thing, 
I want to have a con. I want to have a heart to heart with him. Let's have a confab. Yeah. Yeah. Let's I, go brass tacks with what's really going on. Yeah, for sure. I think the current boyfriend is weird for not disclosing it and for dating a twenty three year old. The ex girlfriend is weird for negging her and being like, "Oh my god, he's to call me that." Yeah. And for challenging toxic. things she says. Like, That's, at the very least, just be nice to this girl. Also, like, get over it. And her boyfriend is weird for dating her his close friend's ex-girlfriend. They're all weird. Which, like, bro code, that's, like, very... That's a huge no-no. Yeah. You would think. It, you would think. Maybe they're into, like, some mm-hmm. freaky... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I think, some, yeah. Some, like, cucking stuff Maybe. <laughs> Shout out to Liberty University. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Liberty Okay, let's see. You should see that. You should watch that if you haven't. The documentary? Yes. Yeah, I What's need it to. called again? I don't know. I met a bunch of people who went to Liberty not that long ago at a wedding. They were surprisingly normal. Under God or some shit? <laughs> That's the name. <laughs> I don't know. That's the name of the it's, cucking documentary. It was so good that I was... I felt actual sadness that it was over. When it was over. Damn. I will watch it then. It's so good. I trust your... Trust your... um recommendation all right we got time for one more okay last one this is relationship advice okay my boyfriend 34 male wrote a note which i found comparing me 32 female to his ex referring to me as safe and healthy and her as exciting and passionate wait 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 start over so her boyfriend wrote wrote a note comparing her to his ex and says that the current girlfriend is safe in his and what in his diary? I guess something. Well, we're about to find out. That's a huge red flag. Listen immediately. <laughs> I've been with my boyfriend a year. He has always said he thinks I'm the love of his life. We are aligned in terms of what we want in life, etc., and have a great relationship. He has an ex who he had a very turbulent relationship with. Mm. I think they were on and off for years. Yesterday, I found a notepad of his and some notes he had made comparing us. He describes me as safe and healthy and stable and serious and that she is electric and passionate. Yikes. He said he was missing that excitement part with me, but he knew it was an unhealthy relationship with her. He also says it can feel boring with me because he doesn't have to try as hard to please me. I feel heartbroken to read this. Please help, please. And then there's some edits in here. The first edit says, I spoke to my boyfriend. He said he only writes when he is down. And so anything I saw came from a bad place. It's his way of processing. He is healing and he loves the way our relationship is. He is angry I read through and sees it as an invasion of privacy. I hope we can rebuild our trust on both parts. Thank you for all your comments. I agree with those people that felt I shouldn't have read it. I don't think I should have continued to read when I saw what it was about. He was trying to process privately. I hope I can repair things with him now. I need more information as always. There's more. Did she dig through his stuff to this, find this it? This is the next second oh, update. Oh shit, okay. Edit two. <laughs> it's weird. Put it in your glove box. Yeah. Like put it, keep it at the office. Totally. Lots of people asked about how I got the notepad. I asked him for some paper. I wanted to write him a little note for the morning, which is something I often do. He Ugh. looked around for one and found it in a drawer and handed it to me. I don't believe he remembered this note was in it. I wrote a little poem on the first few pages about what we had been up to that week. Just a silly thing. The next morning after he left for work, I wanted to leave the poem and ripped out the page off and that's when I saw the note it was more of a rambling than a list to be honest commenting on how different he feels for us both okay originally when I first read the first part I was like you should not have read through his note like what is wrong with you that's like reading someone's diary he handed it to her but he handed it to her and that's where he wanted her to see it you think or he's very very dumb I mean maybe he just like wrote it down in a sure 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 and forgot about it. Possible. Very possible. I know for me, like, I definitely tend to reach for a journal when I'm in a very dark place, too. And there's some shit written there that, like, I would not want my friends or significant other reading. Anyone like, to see. Yeah. It's of personal. Course. It's supposed to be sure. personal. And I also think, honestly, if I read my boyfriend wrote this, I don't know if I would be that hurt. Like, if you put a gun to my head and were like, consider your relationship to be, like, exhilarating but unsustainable or safe but sustainable, I would say I would want it to be safe and sustainable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she says he always says he's the love of her life. I don't know if I'd be that mad at this note. I know he said he's, like, missing the excitement, but I think that's, like, a normal thing. I think the word boring yeah. would ring in my ears for the rest of eternity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did he say boring? He did. Yeah. And he gets bored. Yeah. 
But it's and he gets bored. I think I remember for years before I got into a healthy relationship, multiple like three different therapists told me they were like, when you get into a healthy relationship, you're gonna struggle with feeling a little bit bored. Yeah. Because you've been in so many turbulent, crazy, emotionally abusive relationships mm-hmm. that like it's not gonna feel as intense. Sure. So I think that's like a valid thing. Yeah. I don't know. I and part of this is just coming from my personal experience, which is mm-hmm. having been in a ton of turbulent relationships and now being in a very stable relationship. Yeah. But I don't know if I would be that hurt if I read that. Like certainly not enough to turn to Reddit for advice. I, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be stoked on it. Yeah. I wouldn't be stoked on it. I think the comparison in general would bother me. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's just the post said instead, let's flip the script a little bit passionate and fun and but his ex-girlfriend is safe and stable but you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like if the person who read the note was the one who he's like passionate and excited about but the other person was safe and stable that would worry me more yeah same i think i think that would worry me more but i don't think it would make me excited yeah i also don't like that he uh got defensive yeah I don't like that he got defensive um, about the note that he handed to her. Yeah, I don't think he has a right to say she shouldn't have read it because he handed... And it's also, like, if you're writing something down like that, you need to, like... That should not be anywhere where anyone could I agree. find it. Especially your significant other. And if I'm hitching my wagon to this horse, like, I might go through your phone. Yeah. I'm dead ass. Oh, yeah. 100%. Totally. So, you know, I'm I I don't think that he has really room to be upset with her. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I would be, you know, I would be thinking about maybe leaving the relationship, honestly. I would be doing some further investigation. Yeah. No one's buying their wedding gown at this point. Right. I agree. Mhm. Yeah. Okay. That's the last one. That's the last one? Yeah. Tate, thank you so much for being on Thank you for having me. I had so much fun. Hopefully you'll be able to come back soon. I would love that. Okay. Great. Thank you. Thanks. Now we're going to move to the meditation portion. I'm going to put some woo-woo music on, and you can meditate with me for a bit. Highly recommend it. Thank you so much for listening. Like, follow, share, and review. We have hundreds of listeners now and some of which are international and it's a huge deal. So thank you again for the support and let's meditate. Today we're going to try a meditation that I've recently implemented into my spiritual routine. It is a free writing exercise. So get out a pen and paper or maybe a notepad on your phone and spend five minutes with me going inward. Free writing has really helped me to figure out how I'm feeling, what's really going on. And I've received messages from spirit that I needed to hear. If you are in a safe place to shut your eyes just for a moment, let's focus on our breathing. Breathe in through your nose and breathe out through your nose. As thoughts come in, you thank them for their service and you let them fly away. Let's do that for the next few minutes. When you're ready, take your pen and paper out. And your prompt today is, I wish there was. 
put your pencil down or stop typing. What did you learn today? I hope that you honor yourself for taking the time to go inward. And you thank your mind, body, spirit for coming together to support you when times are good and when times are harder. In every dark night of the soul, we grow closer to ourselves, our inner beings, what has created us, the energy of all around us, and our fate. Remember that our triggers are our guides to where we need healing, where we need love. The people that are hardest to love need it the most, even if that person is us. Put your hand on your heart. Feel it beating. Thank it for keeping you alive. Thank you for practicing with me today, for spending time with me. I honor you, and I'll see you next time. Oh.